While the hosts and guests on this program are encouraged to express their views, they do not necessarily reflect those of the ownership or management of WQKR. Good afternoon, Sumner County. Welcome to the exciting episode of The Loyal Opposition. I'm your host, Len Asante, and you're listening to WQKR. Today on The Loyal Opposition, Sumner County Board of Education rules on book ban requests, sort of. Governor Lee flip-flops on debates. County Commission sets itself up for lawsuit. Senator Blackburn finds cabals behind every curtain, is the only one. Titan Stadium deal, a valuable investment or the most valuable investment? And early voting starts today, and our guest today will be Kisa Fowler, running for state representative right here in District 44 in Portland. Welcome to The Loyal Opposition, a show based on the American ideal that nations like ours benefit when government reflects a diversity of voices and makes space for dissent, and that's us. We are the dissent. We are the voice of dissent against the supermajority's policies and ideas. All right, let's get started. Before we get into the heart and soul of the matter, a couple of items. First of all, it is a beautiful day in Portland, 54 degrees and clear tonight, low of 47 degrees. Our text number, if you've got a question for me or our guest, remember you can text us in at 516 440 6310. That's 516 440 6310 or Facebook Messenger us from our Facebook page at Loyal Oppo on Facebook. Uh, in other technology news, the Loyal Opposition now, our website is live. Check us out on the, on the internet at www.theloyalopposition.online. That's www.theloyalopposition.online. And uh, that website will be growing with more news and information, including the ability to 
listen to old shows and uh, to listen to new upcoming podcasts. Okay, today's trivia. If you are interested in joining in on the show, text us or Facebook Messenger us with your favorite president that you would like to hear some wit and wisdom from. I have a book of wit and wisdom of the American presidents in front of me. And so if you are a Woodrow Wilson fan, I can turn to Woodrow Wilson and I can read a quote from him. So if you've got a favorite president, let us know. We'll get to you after the first break. Okay, on to the news. Up number one. Early voting in Tennessee starts today, folks. Early voting starts today. Uh, let's see if we can do a little better than the August election when we had about 14.5% vote. Uh, if you live in Portland, uh, early voting comes to Portland on Thursday the 20th of October and Friday the 21st of October. That's tomorrow and the next day at First Baptist Church right here in Portland. Um, they're open from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., so if you'd like to vote early and stay in the Portland city limits, First Baptist Church is where to go tomorrow and Friday, 10 to 6. And, of course, you can vote early at the main early voting location that is open every day during early voting period, and that is the Hartsville Pike Church of Christ in Gallatin. They're open 8 to 4.30 every day. And the Hendersonville Church of Christ is open from 10 to 6 every day. Uh, for more information about where to vote, how to vote, when to vote, uh, head on over to votesumnertn.org. That's www.votesumnertn.org. Uh, and you can check out the election calendar, and you can check out a sample ballot with all the races in your area on it. And we've got some interesting races this time around. It's not a presidential election year, but we do have an interesting governor's race uh, Governor Flip-Flop Lee is up for re-election, and he's running against Dr. Jason Martin. And uh, speaking of Governor Lee, he had yet another flip-flop, uh, this time regarding debates. As you know from coverage here and elsewhere, the Republican strategy this time around is to qu what we call quiet quit. In other words, uh, disengage completely from the voters, no forums, no debates, uh, minimal contact with voters, uh, and minimal engagement or zero engagement with their opponents. Uh, we'll talk more about that with our guest later today. But in 2018, when he was running for governor for the first time, Governor Lee said, quote, unquote, it was a Tennessee tradition to debate your opponent in the governor's race. But now he will not vote. He will not debate Dr. Martin. Uh, in other news... Uh, Sumner County Board of Education had an interesting meeting last night that went on and on for hours and hours and hours. Why don't we talk about that a little bit? The Sumner County Board of Education voted at their meeting last night to, temporarily at least, keep a book called A Place Inside of Me, A Poem to Heal the Heart, written by award-winning poet Zetta Elliott, on the shelves at Jack Anderson Elementary School. The book has won numerous accolades, including the Caldecott Honor Book, Today's Show, Best Book for the Holidays, American Library Association, Notable Book for All Ages, ALSC, Notable Children's Book, Notable Poetry Book, uh, Public Library's Top 100 Great Books for Kids, uh, Single Poem Picture Book of the Year Award winner, the Bank Street Best Book of the Year, has a five-star rating on Amazon.com and is the 39th most popular children's book 
on prejudice and racism on Amazon out of thousands and thousands of books. So this was a very highly regarded text. Not a text. It was a poem, and it was written for a, folks who are aged four to eight years old. Uh, a parent had um, decided to complain that this book was in the library. Uh, the, uh, the school ruled that it was acceptable. Uh, the parent appealed to the Board of Education, and after a long and contentious meeting last night, tw uh, where 23 folks stood up in support of the book, many members of a new group formed in Sumner County called Right to Read, and you heard about Right to Read first here on the Loyal Opposition, and three high school students also chimed in with their thoughts. Ten people spoke against getting rid of to get rid of the book, and one person was unsure uh, how she felt. A one school board member, Tammy Hayes of Hendersonville, said that she got 60 emails in favor of the book and not a single email against. The decision was not final, however. Five Board of Education members voted to keep the book. Those were board members Hayes, Lancaster, Andrews, Gregory, and Brewster. Two, King and Brown, abstained, and only one, Lacey, voted to remove the book. However, there were three school board members not in attendance last night, and a decision requires at least a vote of six school board members in favor or against. So the vote will be back again next month uh, when we, we assume that uh, they will again vote to keep the book on the shelves at Jack Anderson Elementary. As for now, the book stays. Okay. Little commentary here, folks. Many educators and librarians were in the audience last night and spoke to keep the book. No librarian, not one, voted or asked to have the book removed. Uh, and librarians are trained in this sort of thing. Uh, librarians are trained to create, to curate a selection of books in a library that represents a broad set of views and diversity of viewpoints so that students may compare. So they may see uh, an argument one way and they may see an argument another way in another text and be able to figure out for themselves uh, what makes the best argument. And this is critically important to the educational process. Our libraries are an important part of the instructional curriculum uh, and the library books are um, stocked accordingly. So when the librarians say the book has value, when the American Library Association says the book has value, this is something we should at least listen to. Um, some other interesting things from the meeting last night. County Commissioner Jerry Ma Jeremy Mansfield, one of the so-called leaders of the so-called constitutional Republicans, who are neither constitutional nor Republican, uh, completely represented the Black Lives Matter movement, which had little to nothing to do with the book, other than a decal on the bottom of the kid's, uh, uh, the kid's skateboard. And he also managed to confuse the Puerto Rican flag for the Cuban flag and tried to say that the flag was a black... Black Lives Matter signal for support of a cop killer who somehow absconded to Cuba. And so Black Lives Matter was bad because they used the flag as a symbol um, to represent someone who got away from justice by fleeing to Cuba. But he used the Puerto Rican flag to make that point, not the Cuban flag. Uh, to be fair, they are similar, but they are not exact. Speakers in favor of keeping the book were passionate, organized, and informed. 
And don't take my word for it. That was the point a member of the, cons the Constitutional Conservatives made in their discussion after the fact, rehashing the evening and plotting their next steps. Okay. One member of the school board actually wondered if the American Library Association was trustworthy. The American Library Association, for those of you who don't know, is the oldest and largest library association in the world, founded in 1876, right here in the United States, in Philadelphia. The mission of the ALA is to provide leadership for the development, promotion, and improvement of library and information services to the profession of librarianship in order to enhance learning and ensure access to information for all. Well, folks, to me, that doesn't sound like a particularly radical thing. It sounds pretty good to me. Digging a little deeper, the, uh, M the American Library Association's core value statements list key ideas that they believe in, and they include extending and expanding library services in America and around the world, uh, helping all types of libraries, academic, public, school, and special. Okay. All librarians should work together to improve library services and member services, an open, inclusive, and collaborative environment, ethics and professional integrity, excellence and innovation, intellectual freedom, social responsibility for the public good, and of course, sustainability. So folks, that's the American Library Association. So uh, and they've been around since 1876, helping libraries and librarians be all that they can be. And that sounds like a pretty good set of core values to me, and hopefully it does to you too. All right, we've just got a couple minutes before our first break, so let me run down the rest of the news real quick. Uh, Titan Stadium deal. Uh, as you probably all know, the mayor of Nashville and the Tennessee Titans have reached an agreement in principle on developing a brand new stadium for the Titans adjacent to the current stadium on the east bank of the river uh, across from downtown Nashville. Why am I talking about this on a radio station in Portland? Well, an economic investment of this nature affects all of us, not just those of us who live in Davidson County, not just the taxpayers of Davidson County, not just the folks that go to the game, but the, economic, the economy of the entire region. Question I have, I'm obviously a sports fan, uh, and I do enjoy my football on Sundays, but uh, is the stadium worth the deal? The argument in favor of the stadium is it's a massive economic development opportunity, so much so that the state is willing to commit $500 million for the building of a new stadium. The opposite argument is that that money could be used for so many other more important things like schools, uh, income, uh, housing for low and moderate income folks, crime reduction, special social services for people in need in the Nashville area and in the wider community. It's a tough call, folks. The, uh, I haven't seen any economic impact statements or analyses that would say that a $500 million investment from Bill Lee for a stadium would be better in the long run than a $500 million investment in a low-income housing fund or in an educational excellence fund. But it certainly seems that economic development deals certainly capture our attention in the headlines more than those other sorts of perhaps lower key but perhaps structurally more significant ideas. So before you consider the Titan Stadium deal a win or a, or a loss, do think about the combination of different factors that are involved. 
On the one hand, you have an important economic development tool that will bring economic prosperity to the region in, this, in the form of sales tax dollars. But on the other hand, uh, does it come at the expense of more of greater needs, social, infrastructure, educational, uh, in the Nashville region? It's a tough call, folks. Uh, but before you jump on the bandwagon, think about how all of our neighbors benefit or don't from a new stadium. Okay, we're going to take our first break. When we get back, we're going to start a conversation with Kisa Fowler, our, our Democratic nominee for state representative in District 44. I am Len Asante. This is The Loyal Opposition, and you are listening to WQKR. The Sumner County Anti-Drug Coalition, an organization dedicated to ending drug abuse, is now the Sumner Prevention Coalition. But their goal is the same, helping Sumner County residents with drug abuse problems turn their lives around and get on the road to recovery. Their mission is to unite people with vision, commitment, and resources to provide solutions to eliminate substance abuse and make a difference for youth, families, and individuals in Sumner County. The coalition and its staff of experienced professionals in the field envision a healthy, safe, and thriving community free from substance abuse of all kinds, tobacco use, prescription drug abuse, and underage drinking. Find out how the Sumner Prevention Coalition can help you, and you can help the coalition. Visit them online at sumnercoalition.org. That's sumnercoalition.org. The Portland Sun is our local hometown newspaper where we can find out all the news about our friends, neighbors, businesses, schools, churches, and everything going on in our area. Every week, the latest issue of The Sun is full of the news we want and need, and it's only $20 a year for a subscription to get it mailed directly to your home. The Portland Sun, our hometown newspaper. For a subscription, call 615-384-6212 or go to theportlandsun.com online and click on the word subscribe. No one told them. No one warned them about the house on Willow Lane. What is it? It's the house. It's, it's alive. Here, Looney. Have you seen this energy bill? Ah, this house is robbing us blind! If your house is an energy thief, TVA and your local power company would like to help make your home more efficient and lower your bills. To learn more, visit energyright.com. We're CEMC. Start your holiday shopping and make plans to attend the 49th Annual Harvest Craft Show on Saturday, November the 12th, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Richland Park Gym. The craft show is sponsored by the City of Portland and the Portland Parks Department. Swag bags will be given to the first 40 customers that visit the show. The small town tradition will feature indoor and outdoor vendors. Come out and you are sure to find unique and interesting items. Admission is free and door prizes will be given away each hour. Be sure and register. What a great opportunity to come by, relax, shop, visit with friends, and enjoy shopping with the vendors for a wide variety of items. Remember the date, Saturday, November the 12th at Portland Harvest Craft Show. Be there. Good morning, Portland. This is the Loyal Opposition. Welcome back. 54 degrees at 520 p.m. here in Portland. 
clear skies, low tonight, and low 40s. Uh, over the break, received my first favorite president quote request. So we're going to start with William Jefferson Clinton. Okay. Uh, Bill Clinton, who said, among many things, uh, for those of you who are old enough to remember, Bill Clinton was quite the talker. Um, <laughs> so he had often had much to say, perhaps like some radio host you may or may not know. Okay, and Bill Clinton said, among many other things, if you, long, if you live long enough, you'll make mistakes. But if you learn from them, you'll be a better person. It's how you handle adversity, not how it affects you. The main thing is never quit, never quit, never quit. And I think that is a great segue to open our discussion with uh, Kisa Fowler, who is running for elective office. And as I know from personal experience, you can never quit, never quit, never quit. <laughs> Good afternoon, Kisa. How are you doing? Good afternoon. That is the story of life, pretty much, in all things, right? It is. It is. It is. Well, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. As I said, um, our guest is Kisa Fowler, and she is running for state representative in House District 44. Uh, and she is running against Republican William Lambert. And as Kisa, as I start with all of my guests, let's start off with uh, telling us a little bit about yourselves. Tell us about your experience, your education, your community. How, you, how did you get to this point in your life? But don't say why you're running, because that's question number two. <laughs> okay, so I am Kisa Fowler. Good evening, everyone. I'm Kisa Fowler. I am running for state representative in District 44, and um, I am a mother of four. I have been married for 12 years. I am actually I'm in real estate at this point. I was born and raised in Middle Tennessee, so I've had the opportunity to watch it grow, as you were talking about the development, economic development growth. going on. Mm. I've had the opportunity to watch it grow. I actually studied business in college. Um, I have volunteer, volunteered through numerous church organizations, volunteer um, with the homeless a lot. I am a very avid um, speaker and advocate for providing financial literacy for people who want to get their credit together, want to get into homes. Um, I have had the opportunity to work in numerous areas of the legislature. So I've been very involved. I work in legal departments. I worked in the, in the House. I've worked all through there. So I have a really good understanding of what, how that process affects people, how that process is actually run. Um, and I'm, So you've, you've not... You've not held elective office, but you've kind of been behind the scenes. So absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Okay. I've had the opportunity to watch so many amazing legislators come through the House in the past 35 years um, and had the opportunity to sit down, speak with them, hear their thoughts mm -hmm. and all that. So any, uh, any particular ones stand out um, you'd like to mention? I have a couple. Yeah. Um, I, I love uh, Brenda Gilmore. I've Sure. I've, I've watched her. I didn't get to really get to know her that much, but I know um, Lois, the late Lois Deberry, and um, I've, I've just met a lot of them and just had the mm -hmm. opportunity to watch them grow, watch them navigate, watch them communicate, even you know with Republicans and Democrats in in love, but in toughness, you know. Right. Yeah. Back back in in those days. Um the parties work together to get things Absolutely. done sometimes, didn't they? Absolutely. And that's what that's a, what, what a crazy thought. <laughs> right. And that's so that's what I've seen and that's what I've watched in the space that we're in now has it, it's it's continue it's lit a fire and it's continue it lit a huge fire as I watch 
people not be able to work together and not have the ability to negotiate and actually say, okay, this is a collaboration. Although we're from different parties, we have to collaborate because we have to make sure that we're providing a Tennessee that is great for everybody, irregardless everybody. of who they are. Exactly. And we all have the same needs. We want to make sure our kids can go to school and safely get the proper mm -hmm. education. We want to make sure that we have health care and we want to make sure that we have food on our tables, that our economics are good, that we have jobs coming in that's going to allow us to provide for our family. So I think that is our common ground as Republicans, Democrats, independent, as people, as human beings. We have a duty to one another to make sure that all people have that. Exactly. A duty to one another. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, I think uh, you kind of took the wind out of my says <laughs> a little bit on question number two, but uh, finish it off for us, I guess. Why are you running? Well, I am running, like I just said, Obviously to you make got sure. Some passions, right? right, I do have some passion, and you know, I um, like I said, I just want to make sure that everybody has those necessary necessities. They're not even there; those are necessities. You need to have those things when you're talking about um, inflation and you're talking about gas going up to where it is and, and groceries going up where it is. I was asked a question a week ago. You know, what would you do with the recession right now if you are in office? Right. Uh, oh, that's an interesting. That was a good a, a, question. A potential voter asked you that. Well, a potential, not a potential voter, just a person. Okay. Asked me that, and and I'm like, okay. First off, if I was in office, we would already have an answer. We wouldn't be trying to figure out what to do <laughs> right now in a recession okay. or pending recession. I feel like we have to start being more proactive on knowing what's going to happen next. Um, downturns are not new. Recessions are not new. It's yes, cyclical. I, it's going to happen. Exactly. You're right about the cyclical nature of things. And, and in fact, I, I think, you know, COVID almost guaranteed it because um, all that stimulus money came flooding into the economy after COVID. And of course, that's going to drive up demand and that's going to, which drives up prices. And now you've got inflation and then you've got supply chain disruptions because of the of the disease and that shuts people down or slows people down and that drives demand up even more and right. here we are right right and here we are and that's uh so yes we should have seen that coming well because we have the proper resources exactly. as a state we have financial advisors we have all the proper resources to know okay this is happening next and we have a huge rainy day fund in yeah case something bad comes happen we do we do um but i'm also running because you know i want to make sure that Oof. people know that it takes more than just powerful people to run a town, you know, or run a state. It takes people who actually have integrity. It takes people who will be accountable when they make a decision that's just not favorable and can, can truly say, hey, I approved these schools, but I take it back that now I don't think that was a good idea. But to be accountable for what you're doing. You want to have people who have the ability to collaborate, once again, who have the ability to problem solve. If you have a problem, I have a problem, it's not your way or my way. How does this work for everyone, period? Right. Like, that's right. it. How does this work for everyone? It's never going to, it should never be, oh, I came up with this, this is how it's going to be. You can't always be the smartest person in the room. We all have resources at our hands, our fingertips. That if I'm not a doctor or if I'm not a lawyer or if I'm not in this profession, I need to tell you to hold on. Let me go get the answers and let's figure this out. Okay. We need to make sure that we have, I'm going to be dedicated to my constituents. I am very hands-on when it comes to everything that I do. 
I will host uh, town hall meetings and meetings. Oh, town hall meetings. Those are an old-fashioned kind I of mean, thing. We don't see those fashion, anymore. That's old great. Old-fashioned because my agenda is not my agenda. I want to talk to you and know what you need. So my agenda will be for the people. What do the people need that is going to help them in the state of Tennessee, help them thrive and not just barely survive in our state of Tennessee? Yeah. I want to make sure that we encur encourage feedback and participation. I want to make sure that you have my phone number. Be accessible. If you want to call me and talk, call me and talk. Come to my office and talk. I will not shut down my constituents. I will be transparent. And we need, I feel like we just need leadership who has the ability to put the human factor back into running for office. You're a servant. Your job is to work for the people. My, your job is to allow people to question what you're doing because we voted for you and we hired you. So I can question what you're doing. Right. Because we can, I've hired you and I can fire you too. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we got to vote. We got to vote. We got to vote. We got to vote. If we vote, yes. We got to vote. Right. We got to vote. Vote, everybody. But, <laughs> right. But I feel like I will be the best leader because I do exude those qualities. Okay. Uh, so leadership qualities are obviously an important part of, of being a successful elected official uh, on the state or the national level. Uh, and uh, also, of course, you know, people want to know about your stances on the various issues. Um, so we've got, um, seems like the three issues that you want to focus on the most, I mean, you mentioned health care, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you mentioned, uh, I guess we'll call it economic responsibility. Well, we we could talk about economic mm -hmm. responsibility, mm -hmm. but water sustainability is water sustainability. As well. Okay, what do we mean by that? Well, we need to work to get clean water and plenty of water to our rural rural areas. This is a state where, when droughts happen, farmers are, you know, forced into spaces where the crops are dying, which of course is going to continue to cause inflation. We have places where water is not clean, and when the water is not clean, they have to, well, not clean, but they run out of water. Mm -hmm. And when you run out of water, you have to go to different places to get that water. So I feel like we need to put money behind um, connecting to our water sources, even if it costs a substantial amount of money to connect some of these areas to water sources. We need to do that. With the growth that Tennessee is experiencing, certain areas are still within an hour of Tennessee, and they are in rural areas. I mean, Nashville. Sorry, not Tennessee. Right. Nashville, and they're in rural areas. That's but as Nashville continues to grow, an hour away no longer will be, oh, that's just, you know, Portland or, you know, right. just small right. areas. And that's, that's where we're headed. So we have to make sure that we have the resources available to, to build those areas up and make sure that people have what they need. Tell us a little bit about, about the district, because, um, you know, it's, it's uh, the 44th en encompasses, what, rural and suburban areas, doesn't well, it? Well, a very small piece of the suburban area yeah. due to the uh, gerrymandering of the district. Um, so you have Hendersonville, you have Gallatin, I have Gravel, Cottontown, Mitchellville, Portland, White House, it's, it's, it's one more. It's, well, it's plenty more. Corinth. I have Corinth, a lot of, okay. some of the areas are, are smaller, mm -hmm. but I have a lot of rural areas. Some majority of them go into feeder towns like White House or, right. you know, Portland. Yeah, so it's a pretty big district in geography size it in is. terms, right? Although it's, uh, a lot of it, I guess, is very rural, not it very is. densely populated. Okay. And so it's kind of a 
a strange shaped district if you look at it on the map too. Absolutely. But that's that that's that that's that gerrymandering, <laughs> gerrymandering for you. Part. I, I was looking at the congressional district maps today, uh, and you know they the supermajority carved up uh, Nashville, so Nashville now falls into three or four different congressional districts, and some of the shapes of the resulting counties um, of the I'm sorry resulting district. Uh, very strange, very strange. They have all sorts of hooks and turns and little narrow places that then get wider. And, um, you know, there's some districts that reach from the Alabama border to the Kentucky border. Um, so it's, it's, it's crazy. Dang. It needs to be re- yeah. redesigned. And, and I feel like truly it just needs to be handled by a third party uh, yeah, um, organization. I, I, I'm right there with you. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm all for the nonpartisan redistricting commission right. or having a computer do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, where you just type in the numbers and the computer spits out, you know, we need seven congressional districts or nine congressional districts. Right. What's the fairest way to draw them? And there we go. Right. 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 But yeah, they have, uh, they have assured themselves through gerrymandering of, uh, you know, of maintaining their grip on power, not because of the power of their policies, but because of the power of their geography. Well, that uh, and that should speak volumes in itself. To be yeah, honest with you, yeah, I mean that that's not a servant's attitude. That's a right. that's a power grab, right. and it's absolutely a power grab. Um, I completely agree with you on that. Um, but uh, the districts are what the districts are, and absolutely. this is the race that we got into, that mm-hmm. you got into. So here we go. Uh, okay. Uh, I I started off the show with um, talking about groups of people, Moms for Liberty group, who don't seem to be much in the way of liberty. Um, but uh, when we come back from break, I'm going to ask you what we think, what you think about banning books in school libraries, and I'm going to ask you about uh, some other stuff that my viewers, my listeners have asked, have asked that I ask you. Okay. So, folks, we'll take a break. When we come back, more with Kisa Fowler. You're listening to The Loyal Opposition on WQKR. I'm your host, Len Asante. Why choose the Farmer's Bank? We've been serving our community since 1912, and we still manage our business locally. This means that when you need banking services or a loan, we don't let a computer or someone thousands of miles away make our decisions. We make decisions locally. We visit with you in person. We shake your hand. We get to know you and your family. The Farmer's Bank is a community bank built on trust and quality customer care and service. Visit us at any of our 11 area locations or online at thefarmersbank.net to see the Farmer's Bank difference. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Cash is king at the Mint Gaming Hall this month. You need cash, and we have it. Play with your Mint Rewards card to earn entries every day. Then join us for your chance to win up to $10,000 cash on Fridays at Kentucky Downs and Saturdays at Bowling Green. You know cash is king, and we aren't messing around on the weekends at the Mint Gaming Hall. TheMintGaming.com has all the details. Cash is king, baby. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Winning just got closer. I didn't realize you liked me that way deal because it's one thing to receive McDonald's but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag appreciate you get two of your breakfast favorites for only five dollars crispy chicken biscuit sausage muffin with egg or sausage egg and cheese McGriddles only at McDonald's limited time only prices and participation may vary single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Now you can join Planet Fitness and get the PF Black Card for zero enrollment, $24.99 a month, and get all the perks. I love perks. Do you love having access to 2,000-plus locations? Yes. Bringing a friend every time? Hashtag friend goals. And recovering with massage chairs? Who doesn't? Get the PF Black Card and feel spectacular. Zero enrollment, $24.99 a month. See club for details. It's time again for Panther football. And Graphic Obsessions has all your Panther gear for the season. Right off the rack or get custom printed shirts and hoodies with your favorite player's name and number custom printed and delivered fast. Shop where the Panthers shop. Graphic Obsessions, 105 South Broadway, open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 or visit our Facebook page. Shop small, shop local, shop Portland Panthers at Graphic Obsessions. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to The Loyal Opposition. I'm your host, Lena Santi, speaking to our guest, Kisa Fowler. It is 53 degrees and clear in Portland, Tennessee at the Municipal Airport. Tonight, it will be clear with a low in the low 40s. And again, if you have a question for our guest, text line is 516-440-6310. Or just hit us up on Facebook uh, and message us, and we will see it. And we will see it. Okay, we're continuing our conversation with Kisa Fowler. And uh, over the break, we had the loyal opposition research team in action looking up all the different towns in the 44th district and we realized that uh we did not mention westmoreland so we're going to show some westmoreland love now kisa hey westmoreland i didn't forget about you um hello westmoreland beth page and i believe i did say cotton town but if i didn't hello cotton town <laughs> okay great okay uh, well we're uh, following up, we're going to ask you how you stand on some issues. The first one was, uh, what do you think about all these attempts to ban books in, in libraries here in Sumner County? Loaded question. Loaded question. Sorry. Um, no, Sorry, it okay. makes good radio. Yeah, it, I know. It definitely does. Um, I had the displeasure of attending um, the school board meeting last night. You were there. Okay. I yeah, I went. watched online myself. Okay. I um, wanted to see, you know, what everything was about. Never mm -hmm. read the book in question. Um, but what I can say is that it was, it was heartbreaking to watch. Um, I feel like the, our state representatives has passed a bill that has left our board of education in a very bad place. Um, between a rock and I a hard feel place. like there should not be, they should not have to spend an hour and a half debating a book. Mm -hmm. I feel like um, the it's not a bad rule for, per se, but if the, I feel like if the state's going to come out and say, hey, we're going to ban books, the state needs to put together a coalition of people to say, okay, give us the books that belong in elementary schools, in the public schools and elementary schools. Come up with a list that just is just very... Uh, free, whatever, whatever free they wanted, come up with this list. And then as librarians decide, you know, hey, I want to introduce this book, have them go before that board and then allow the state to approve it. Because if not, I feel like we're going to spend so much time in the library. I mean, in the in the board of education meetings talking about books and they need to be talking about why our children can't read 
or why, you know, our teachers don't have the proper resources or trying to figure out how we're going to move our kids forward. A book in the library that somebody may or may not ever see because to my understanding, they're only, you know, every, every librarian has their own books. I feel sure. like they, they yeah. just put us in a, in a bad situation. Uh, constituents, people in our community already have enough to be worried about. You should not have to get off work and go to the school board meeting to hear about a book that you don't want your child to read. If you don't want your child to read it, don't let them read it. But I feel like if, if that's the law that's already in place, there needs, there needs to be a little further research onto how do we make this where we're not putting our school board members and our constituents in a situation where it's constant divisiveness. And literally, everything. every school board meeting could be this from now on to the from end of time. From now until the end of time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that was, that's, that was heartbreaking to watch the school board members have to pretty much And folks, take they, in. they do not get paid a lot for they doing don't. that. <laughs> and to have to take in everything that they took in, and even the parent who's offended, the parents who are not offended, that was just a lot of energy, wasted energy, that comes from the top, that if you're going to create a law, make sure that you write the fine print and make it all work out. So that it actually works and it does not become a nuisance and a nuance. Uh, a law everyone. with unintended consequences. That, that happens a lot in Republican land, it seems, if you ask me. <laughs> All right. Um, good. All right. Well, I'm, and I'm, I'm glad to see that you were concerned enough to attend that meeting last absolutely. night. That, that is absolutely good. Uh, I, I, you know, my, I, I watched it online. Um, and folks, if you can't get to these meetings, um, but you know, do know that you can watch school board meetings and county commission meetings online. Uh, they do live stream. They do live stream the uh, the proceedings. Um, you know, it seemed to me that some people just you know didn't know what they were talking about. Right? They hadn't read the book, or they didn't know the difference between you know Black Lives Matters and uh, a book of poetry. Um, or they didn't know the difference between one flag and another flag, uh, or how, how that, what that had to do with anything really kind of eluded me. Uh, so it seems like sometimes we just kind of jump on the bandwagon. Oh, this is bad. Let's jump on the bandwagon. This is bad. Let's yell and scream and make a lot of noise. Right. Um, but without really knowing if this is bad or not. Right. right? Because we haven't even read the book. And I, I, I read the book today. Um, and and it, it's, a, it's a sweet book. Um, it can bring a tear to your eye, you know, and the, the message of the book is just, you know, love yourself. And, you know, the message from what I got is life is going to happen, but you just said never give up. Mm-hmm. Never Learn give up. how to navigate through it and know that everything's going to be okay. He went through a ton of emotions, but he in did. the end, he, he went realized, through a ton of emotions. In the end, he realized, yes, those are the things I went through but it doesn't define who I am and I'm going to move forward and I'm still going to love myself in spite of all the things that have taken place. So exactly. I think everybody can take a I note. Mean, I mean, isn't, from, that a, isn't that a good, isn't that universally a good message? I mean, isn't that something that everyone can agree on? I believe yeah. so. And I didn't see the visuals. I heard the poem. I haven't actually looked at the visuals of the book. Yeah, the visuals are real nice. They, um, the illustrator, uh, not the same person as the poet who wrote the book. The illustrator okay. is a different person. And, okay. Uh, I thought they were. I thought they were nicely done. I'm not an art critic, but I okay. thought they were pretty. I they were pretty. So, folks, uh, you know, we'll get on with Kisa in just a second. But you know, the book was called uh, "A Place Inside of Me: A Poem to Heal the Heart." The author's name uh, is Zeta Elliot, and 
you know, I, I think before you take one side or the other in this heated debate that probably should have never been a debate in the first place, uh, look at the book, read the book, okay? uh, and then decide, and then decide. Because the message, I think, is a message that every kid, black, white, rural, urban, rich, poor, anything, uh, should, should be exposed to. Okay, um, well, uh, how about, well, let's, let's, hit you, let's hit you with a harder one. Uh, one of my listeners specifically asked me to ask you about your views on, well, what's happened in the Roe versus Wade world since the court overturned Roe v. Wade. Um, what's going to happen with uh, women's reproductive health care rights? I believe that is another situation where we have made a decision without fully researching and coming up with the proper channels to... And we have opened quite the Pandora's box, haven't we? We have. We have. Um, as a woman and as a mother, um, I feel like I would not want anyone to tell me what to do with my body. Right. Um, so I, I feel like women should be able to protect their reproductive rights um, throughout the process of my campaigning, I have talked to Republicans and Democrats and a lot of Republicans actually, who have come to me and said that, you know, this is the point of contention for me. You know, I have been a Republican my entire life, but I am a father and I am a husband. And I understand that it's not okay for me to just tell my wife or anyone to tell my wife what she can do with her body. Um, there was a space, a particular client, not client, Lord, I'm thinking real estate, constituent that I spoke with, and he explained the fact that he almost lost his wife during the process of her giving birth to their child. Wow. And to my understanding, at this point, the law allows for um, abortion if the physician feels that it's necessary. But it also says that if the physician gives an abortion and it's not deemed necessary, then they will be prosecute, prosecuted, go to jail, you know, all these yeah. types of things. Exactly. So as a physician, how do you make the call to say this is necessary, even though it is, because at, in the back of your mind, you're feeling like it's necessary, but where's the board that says if this is necessary or not after the fact, right? Exactly. Or is the law influencing sound medical decision-making? Right, absolutely. Right. So I might, as a physician, say I'm not doing it because I might, I mean, somebody else might see this and not deem this mm -hmm. um, a medical emergency. Now, across the board, physicians, they learn. They, um, they all learn the same information. But sometimes they make different calls, as we all know. One physician might say, hey, go in and do this. Another one can fix it without an abortion. So pretty much they have to, to rely on their own skill set in that right. moment to make that decision. So where's the board that says if, you, if this happened and there's a physician that comes in and says, well, in my practice, I would have done that differently and it wouldn't have been an abortion. Mm -hmm. So is that the point of contention that says you did the wrong thing as a physician and, and, and performed an illegal abortion? Well, and the people who are drawing that line, well, honestly, they don't know what they're talking about because I they're agree. not physicians. They're Absolutely. legislators. So you, yeah. you've, taken the, you've taken the privacy rights of a woman away. You've mm -hmm. taken the opportunity for her to have conversation, conversations with her doctor and her husband to make those decisions. Mm -hmm. And I go back to say from the guy I was speaking with, he almost lost his wife. So he's like, no, 
we're having to get my wife's tubes tied at this point, or I have to be fixed at this point. Because right. if my wife ever ends up pregnant, I mean, I will have to figure out which who I'm going to keep. And and he was very concerned about what I just said. Who who gives the or, doctor or, that permission? Or he's going to have to go to another state. Another state, yeah, and it ridiculous. might take three hours to get there, mm-hmm. and so they both die yeah. along the way. So I feel like if, if you're going to do that, if you're going to make those decisions, I feel like they need to be thought all the way through, and you need to speak with the proper professionals and actually listen to the professionals that are telling you what to do. I feel like politics and medicine are not the same, which we've already seen when we go back to COVID. Yeah, okay? exactly. They don't, they don't go together. You have doctors who study their entire lives, and they're telling you something's wrong. Well, I'm not going to do this because <laughs> it's not real. Like, in your mind, your mind, just because you ignore it, doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And that's when I actually, you know, people ask me why I call Bill Lee wishy-washy. It goes back to COVID. Because uh, if you remember, one of the things he did was when the states, the states were shutting down, he threw the decision to quarantine or shut down to the county mayors. Right? He didn't make a statewide declaration in his executive order. He gave the power to the county mayors to decide individually mm-hmm. whether to shut down or not. And, and so to me... That's passing the buck to, ni- to 95 poor men and women who now have to take the heat for their decision that they wouldn't have had to take if he had made his decision like the governors of virtually every other state. Right. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, another decision with unintended consequences. We, right. we really need to be careful about that. Okay, speaking of unintended consequences, again, we're running out of time before break here. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, our last break, before we finish up with Kisa Fowler. And I've got one more question for her. I'm hoping that we'll have time to get in. You are listening to The Loyal Opposition here on WQKR. What does Kasasa mean to you? If you have a checking account, Kasasa means free banking. That's right. Kasasa Cash and Kasasa Saver are free, reward-based accounts offered only at Volunteer State Bank. No minimum balance to earn the rewards, no monthly service fee, free online banking, and nationwide ATM fee refunds. It's a free checking account that rewards Volunteer State Bank customers with high interest for every month you qualify. Available only at Volunteer State Bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. D.T. McCall is your neighborhood mattress superstore at 1220 Scottsville Road in Lafayette and online at dtmccalls.com. Queenset started only $499.99 at D.T. McCall for beautiful Amish handcrafted beds and many national brands, too. Dr. J's Final Series Queen Size Bed started just $1599.99 and 12 months, 0% interest is available. Some restrictions apply. Also this month at D.T. McCall, high-quality, good-looking LG washers and dryers are on sale, starting at just $649.99 each. Frigidaire and Samsung refrigerators, freezers, and ranges are all on sale, too, with big savings and mail-in rebates. Friendly hometown service, great savings in every department, convenient financing, and free delivery within 125 miles of Carthage. Shop where we shop at WQKR. D.T. McCall, 1220 Scottsville Road in Lafayette. In the Portland, Gallatin, Hendersonville, and Springfield area, you'll find the perfect vehicle for your lifestyle at Reiselman Buick GMC, 2516 Memorial Boulevard in Springfield. Hello, WQKR listeners. This is Courtney Reiselman from Reiselman Buick GMC. 
And thanks to you, we're the fastest growing dealership in the Nashville area. Here's the thing. Our goal is every customer, every time. Our name is Buick GMC, yet we buy pre-owned vehicles all over the country. Mercedes, Toyota, Honda, just let us know and we'll find it. Did you know our collision and body shop is top rated? Bring it to us and we'll fix it right the first time. Todd, I, and the team thank you for your support and appreciate your business. We look forward to seeing you. In the Portland, Gallatin, Hendersonville, and Springfield area, you'll find the perfect vehicle for your lifestyle at Reiselman Buick GMC. Open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. until 7 7 30 p.m. and 8 till 6 on Saturday at 2516 Memorial Boulevard in Springfield. Sumner Regional Medical Center believes that every person has the right to dignity, respect, and compassion as we journey through the cycle of life. That's why they have created High Point Hospice. Our team of doctors, nurses, hospice aides, social workers, chaplains, and volunteers will walk by your side, offering support, providing symptom management, and answering questions to bring comfort and and peace to you and your loved ones. For more information about High Point Hospice, call 328-6690. Hey, join me, Kenny Mann, right here on the queue for Wednesday night's Triple Play Sports. It's every Wednesday, and Elijah Jacobs, Phil Tucker, that's Triple Play, and it's right here on the queue. Man, we're talking sports. You don't want to miss it. See you there. Planet Fitness Triple Play Sports. Every Wednesday night from 6 until 9 on WQKR. Broadcast live and on location from Planet Fitness in downtown Portland. Welcome back, Sumner County. You're listening to The Loyal Opposition on WQKR. I am your host, Len Asante. We are speaking with Kisa Fowler, candidate for state representative in District 44. 52 degrees in Portland, low tonight of 31 degrees, clear skies, partly cloudy in 64 tomorrow. Okay, uh, we've got time for one last question, Kisa. So um, this is something that came up during the break, actually. Uh, the Republicans in Tennessee, from Governor Lee on down, have adopted a strategy that, I've, that I and others, I did not invent this term, call quiet quitting, meaning that they are running for re-election, but they're purposefully not engaging with the voters or their opponents in forums or debates. Um, so I'm wondering if you've had a chance to be on the same stage as your opponent, if you've had a chance to engage with him on the issues, and if you see value to the public in doing things like that. So, no, I have not had the opportunity to engage um, with my opponent. I have seen in all areas, though, with the local um, candidates in every area, they are actually having debates yes. and forums mm -hmm. and allowing um, the public to come in and hear um, everyone's platform and actually voice their concerns and opinions. Um, I would love to have a debate with uh, Mr. Lambert to, you know, let our constituents hear our platforms and hear from them and to actually, you know, look at the facts and look at where Tennessee was, where Tennessee's going and, you know, how, how he feels he can make it better. And then of course, how I feel I can make Tennessee better. I think it's only fair to allow the um, constituents to meet both opponents. I think that the Republicans are counting on um, being already known, already, um, you know, able to, they usually have a little more money, so they're counting on their money to, to pretty much purchase the seat back for them because they do have the funds available. Um, but I do think that that's important. I feel like not allowing that to happen, you're not doing your constituents a, a real service, and it's not really 
um, it's not fair to everyone to not allow the other candidate to actually be heard and to actually focus on the issues with the people. All right. Uh, well, um, I know for a fact that at least sometimes Representative Lamberth listens to our show, so perhaps he's heard you. Hello. And uh, if so, Representative Lambert, you have been called out. You have been asked to debate the issues with your opponent. Will you say yay or will you say nay? In fact, I will make it easier for you. I will provide uh, the loyal opposition can provide the forum for such, a, for such a debate right here on the radio here at WQKR. I imagine the station owner would think that would be good radio. Uh, so we can do it right here. We've got, we've got enough microphones, and we've got an hour, uh, and uh, we can have members of the public ans ask the questions. Absolutely. And we can pick from those. And make it as, Make it. it as objective and unbiased as possible. As possible, mm -hmm. because we represent everybody. Exactly. At least that's the way it should be. Okay, folks, uh, we are done for this evening. Thank you so much again for your listening to The Loyal Opposition. I would like to thank our sponsors and supporters, uh, those who have helped the show grow. Um, I'd like to remind everyone that we now have a website, www.theloyalopposition.online, and that will be growing into a news uh, resource as well as uh, the podcasting base for the future TLO podcasts. Next week on The Loyal Opposition, we have two guests. We actually have two different candidates running for local office, for count, uh, not for county commission, for city council person. We have Sarah, Sarah Hilton in Hendersonville and Jesse Walker in Goodlettsville. Uh, so stay, stay tuned next week for that. should be interesting. It'll be my first shot at two guests at the same time. And please continue listening to WQKR. We have Triple Play Sports coming up next after the break. It's been, as usual, a wonderful spending an hour with you, everyone. This is The Loyal Opposition. I am Len Asante, and you are listening to WQKR. Portland's only locally owned hometown pharmacy is Portland Prescription Shop, 705 South Broadway. With a convenient location, convenient hours, and a free delivery service for all local residents. If you're a former customer of Village Drugs, which closed at the end of March, Portland Prescription Shop will be happy to be your new home for all of your pharmacy and prescription needs. Open Monday through Friday from 8.30 until 5.30 and Saturday 8.30 till 1. Portland Prescription Shop accepts all insurance plans. A big selection of over-the-counter non-prescription medications and sundries. And a $1 and $2 section with a big selection of items at super saving prices. Locally owned and operated, Mike and the friendly staff are looking forward to helping you with all of your pharmacy and medical needs. COVID home testing kits are available now at Portland Prescription Shop, 705 South Broadway. Hometown service, convenience, and free local delivery. Portland Prescription Shop. Here's an important message from Portland Natural Gas. Always looking out for your safety. Think you have a gas leak? First, evacuate the area. Don't use matches, electrical switches, flashlights, or telephones. And report it immediately.